Amen. Good morning, guys. What an awesome service has been so far. Hearing communion, hearing Trevor share about uh, life, the small things. Um, Let's turn our Bibles to 1 Thessalonians. And we'll jump in. We'll say a prayer first. Uh, I'm very excited about this new series we're doing, kind of from our series, Life, Death, and Beyond. Now we're talking about the beyond. And what happens after you die, guys? And this is really powerful stuff. It makes you think. It, it's already been changing me. I've been sharing my faith very, just, it's increased my, my, my knowledge and understanding of God's word so much that it's on my heart throughout the day. And I just can't keep it to myself. Amen. It's just really encouraging. Really encouraging to do this study. It's, 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 it's awesome to understand what will happen so that we can be ready, but also so that we can get perspective. Amen. Amen. And, uh, you know, we have this one hope we're going to talk about today. And, and we need to understand this one hope. And I would say most of the Christian world doesn't understand this stuff. And, and, and you might not even understand this stuff. And that's okay because I also didn't know this stuff. And most of us probably will think, whoa, that's new. What's up with that? And so I want to encourage you to ask questions. You certainly can come up to me afterwards. Definitely be a Berean during this next four weeks. We are going to get into it, guys. We're going to get into some deep, deep things of God. We're going to look at a lot of scriptures. This is recorded. Everything that we put up uh, on the board is going to be on our app, our Casco Bay app. So definitely, throughout your quiet times, I would encourage you this, these next four weeks uh, to study this out. Amen? So let's say a prayer, and then we'll jump in. Father in heaven, we are so thankful for the fact that God... That we are going to live forever, Father. God, that we have eternal life. That we will be bodily resurrected, Father. That, Lord, today, if we die today, we'll be in paradise, Lord. God, that, Father, we can have a hope that, that gives us the ability to not grieve like the world grieves, God. That, Father, we have this hope, God, that is stored up in heaven for us. God, that, Jesus, you said that you... That you're preparing a place for us, Lord. Right. A heavenly place, God. That, that, that is so amazing that no eye, no ear, no, no mind has conceived, God. What you've prepared for us in the heavenly place, God. Amen. And Lord, we also know, God, that we, we live in a world that is, that is uh, so confused, God, on what happens, God. Lord, I've been to, uh, unfortunately, quite a number of funerals. And Lord, in many ways, God, the question that atheists ask me often is, I know they must be living still. That, that, that people who don't even believe in God, there's something inside their souls that is eternal, Lord, that points them, that, that tells them, beyond their logic, beyond all their learning, that there is something after this life. God, we know it. That's why we're here. We didn't need to be taught that even, God. That we knew it inside our hearts, just like Ecclesiastes 3 says, that God set eternity on the hearts of all mankind. And Lord, we know that that eternity is true and right, God. We know that because Jesus rose from the dead. We know that because there'd be no Christianity if Jesus didn't rise from the dead. 
And Lord, there'd be nothing, God. This would be not a religion. We would not have the Christian faith if it was not for uh, Jesus Christ being resurrected, God. And Lord, we're about to celebrate his coming to this earth very soon in Christmas time. But we also realize that, Lord, you came not just to teach us things, but to take us back to be where you are, Lord. To take us back to appear again in the second coming. To come again, to appear again on the clouds with a trumpet blast. To come and take those that you've redeemed back to the place you prepared for them, God. A special place, a place of immortality, Father. A place of eternally, eternal bliss. A place of, of amazement and awe, Father. Because you're there, Lord. We ask you, Lord, to open our eyes so that we may see these things. Help us, help it light our souls on fire, God. That this is not just so that we can learn, God. Love uh, builds up, but, but knowledge puffs up, God. We don't want to just learn knowledge so that we can, oh, we know all these things, Lord. We want it to burn on our hearts so that we can love more, God. Amen. Because in this world, Lord, we want to help many not grieve like the world does, God. Lord, at my funeral, my memorial, I want celebration, God. I want, I'm going to plan it out, Father. I'm going to plan it out. We're going to have some fun at my funeral, at my memorial, God. Because, Lord, no one should cry. Everyone should be happy. Because I'm going to paradise, Lord. And I pray that everyone in this room will as well. In Jesus' name we ask you. Amen. 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 Well, it's good to pray more than, you know, usual. We need to. Um, Pray for me even as I'm doing this sermon. Because it's very humbling to talk about something I've not experienced. Most of the time I preach things that I have experienced and I can share a personal example or at least share someone else's personal example. But in this situation, I've never gone beyond this life. And neither neither have you, but we have the Word of God. Can we give it up for the Word of God, guys? Let's give it up for the Word of God. Seriously, the Word of God. I mean, I can know things that I've not experienced because of the Word of God. Because the one from heaven told me. Jesus has experienced it. And so he can tell us what's after this life. He went down to Hades and he preached to the spirits that were, 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 were sucked up in the flood long ago in Noah's time. He preached and proclaimed who he was. You know, he told the, the, the thief on the cross. I mean, just imagine being the thief on the cross. And, and Jesus says... You know, he hears him, he's he's getting ridiculed by both criminals. And then the criminal gets convicted, amen? And he goes, we're getting what we deserve. But this man's done nothing wrong. Everyone knew that when they put him on the cross. Everyone knew he did nothing wrong. And and even this criminal, who, who most criminals aren't like doing deep study of God's word. He probably wasn't a disciple of Jesus. He probably haven't heard anything, but he knew this man did nothing wrong. And he said, remember me. When you come into your kingdom. And Jesus turned to him and he could have said, you know what? Uh, You lived your whole life sinful. You lived your whole life this way. I'm sorry, criminal, but you can't make it. I can't remember you. Away from me, you evildoer. He could have said that. But what did he say, church? Today, I will meet you in paradise. Today, church, today, not tomorrow, today, the physical day, today, he said, I will meet you in paradise. What is this paradise? 
We also know that Mary was holding on to Jesus. Was holding on to Jesus. I mean, that's what you want to do if you resurrected again. I got to show you to my friends. I would love to just bring Jesus around, the resurrected Jesus around and say, Hey guys, you don't believe now? Show them your side, Lord. Show them your, your wrists, Lord. He, that's what she wanted to do. She didn't want to let him go because she loved Jesus so much. And what did Jesus say? You can't hold on to me. I have not ascended to the Father yet. Had Jesus gone to heaven when he died, church? No. For 40 days, he was among the disciples. And then after that 40th day, he went to heaven. He ascended into heaven. He said, I have not yet, right? Ascended it to my father. Church, when you die, here's a question. Will you go to heaven? No. No. What are you talking about? What are you talking? Isn't this a Christian church? What's happening here? You saying I'm not going to heaven? How dare you say that to me? Well, you're going to go to heaven, amen? But just not yet. That's right. Our God is so awesome. He wants to give us, he, it's heaven so amazing. He wants to give us a place to get oriented <laughs> at how awesome it's going to be. And that's what's called paradise. And all I can think about paradise is Hawaii. When I took my, my beautiful wife on my honeymoon there, Hawaii is a paradise. Amen. Now, if you live in the island, uh, the big island, couple years ago wasn't as the volcano erupted but Hawaii is the most amazing place but that's not even close to what God has prepared for paradise for you we're going to talk about all these things in the next four weeks we're going to strap on in we're going to look at a lot of scriptures stay with me okay and if you don't stay with me it's recorded don't worry okay <laughs> get out your Bibles we're going to go through a couple scriptures life death and beyond amen, amen. life death and beyond we're talking about Judgment Day today. Judgment Day. That is not just a, a Terminator uh, you know, a movie. Amen? Judgment Day. The Day of the Lord. This is called the Day of the Lord. Judgment Day. The Second Coming. Amen? This is what it's called. And I kind of kick myself because I should have done Hades, uh, Purgatory, Tardatus, and... Uh, that those areas first before I did Judgment Day. I kind of messed up the order here. You'll see what I'm saying later. I should have done those places first because orderly Judgment Day comes after paradise. Judgment Day doesn't happen until when, church? Jesus comes back. Has he come back yet? No. Pretty cool stuff, huh? We're getting into it, guys. So this four, four weeks, this is what you can look for in these next four weeks. <laughs> Judgment Day, the day of the Lord, that's today. Hades, Tartarus, paradise and hell. We're going to talk about all those four things next week. Pray for me. The bodily resurrection, that's what we're going to talk about uh, on the third week and then the last week, heaven. And this word isn't giving justice. I would say the new heaven and new earth we're going to talk about. Okay? Woo! We're getting into it, guys. It's going to be awesome. Uh, let's get into it. Well, first we want to talk about the... This scripture right here, Ephesians 4, 3 through 6, it says, Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who was over all and through all in all. There's one baptism. There's one faith. There's one Lord. Amen? Amen. And there's one hope. 
The church needs to be unified on what our one hope is. Amen? Amen. You know, there's a lot of misconceptions. You know, when there's a funeral, they'll say, the preacher will say even, you know, George, he's in heaven right now looking down upon us. Is he in heaven? Where is he? What's the Bible say? Doesn't care what I think. Doesn't really care what the preacher thinks. What's the Bible say? Amen. You know, uh, we hear songs about it. We, 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 we live in a Protestant nation, a Catholic and Protestant nation, that it, no matter how hard you think, maybe you've never even been to church before, maybe you didn't grow up going to those churches, but they have, they have influenced what you believe about the one hope. Right. And, and we all have to just say, okay, that makes sense. So I come with those preconceived notions. Amen? And that's why I need to look at the word of God. We need to be unified on what the one hope is. What happens after you die? What's beyond? We talked about life, right? We did Ecclesiastes. We talked about death, the slavery of death, and how we don't have to fear death, and how Jesus overcame the grave, overcame death. We understood that we will outlive death and Hades, amen? Amen. We will stomp on Satan's head, amen? These are great things to think about. Now we're going to talk about the beyond. Um, Do you know that Eternal judgment and the resurrection of death is an elementary teaching. In elementary school, you learn A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, P. Sesame Street, what they're trying to do the whole time through different ways is teach you the elementary things of learning, right? The numbers, all the different songs. You got Elmo, you know, all these different things, right? They're trying to teach you the elementary things. Look at the elementary things, and this is convicting because most of the world doesn't understand these things. And even in our church here, we still can grow in these elementary teachings. Glenn, I want more incredible things, preach really deep things. Let's just start here with the ABCs. Let me tell you what the ABCs are. Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity. You're like, "Uh, I'm not ready yet, Lord. I'm not ready yet, writer of Hebrews. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death. Boy, we could really understand repentance. That'd be awesome. We'll make it to heaven if we understand repentance. A metanoia, to change your mind. You know, church, we're continuing repenting. We're continuing needing to grow in that. We need to continue to change our minds and become more like Jesus. Be transformed, right? What is repentance? Wow, that's a great question. Most people I study the Bible would say, feeling sorry and trying not to do it again. Mm-hmm. That's not repentance. That's, right. that's an elementary teaching, guys. Faith in God, okay. You might go, oh, that's easy. No, it's not. Faith in God. I can just say sometimes I am a practical atheist sometimes in my life. When I want to take control of things, I am lacking faith in God. We can't just go, co- co- so, oh yeah, I understand faith in God. Do we understand faith in God? And I'm not trying to make us think about these things, in a, but in a deeper way. It says instructions about cleansing rites or, or instruction about baptisms, right? I love how it says cleansing rites. That's kind of cool. Baptism, most of the world thinks that baptism is just a, a sacrament. But this word of God says it's a cleansing rite. What, why would I need cleansing? From my sins. Most of the world thinks that baptism is just an outward sign of inward grace. Most of the world thinks that baptism doesn't do anything because you're already saved. It helps you become a, 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 a 
part of a, a church or organization, and or it, it just helps you obey Christ because that's what he says to do. But the Bible says that baptism is for the forgiveness of sins. And it is for the Holy Spirit. And it's not just, it's funny how that is in the scriptures. That's an elementary teaching. Why would it be an elementary teaching? Well, because everyone needs to get baptized if they're going to get into the kingdom. The laying on of hands. Okay, church. Do you know about the laying on of hands? What are you talking about? I got to study that more myself. Laying on of hands. Well, the laying on of leadership, the miraculous gifts, amen? These are things that the Bible talks about. Did the, the, the Holy Spirit, miraculous gifts, is, is it still going on today? Do we speak in tongues? These are great questions that we're not going to talk about right now in this series. But we need to know these things down. If you don't, please ask someone in your family group, teach me about the laying of hands. Now the family group leader might go, <laughs> I'll be right back. I'm going to go get some help. <laughs> and and let's, so let's study it out. Maybe we should do these for our family groups. Study these things out in our family groups so that we can know A, B, C, D. <laughs> then he says the resurrection of the dead. That's an elementary teaching. Mm-hmm. Are we going to be like spirits on clouds playing harps? <laughs> Just kind of going through things, you know what I mean? No, we're going to have a body. Think about Jesus. He was resurrected from the dead and he ate with the disciples. But he walked through walls. Well, that's really cool. Think about that, church. We're going to have awesome bodies and if you're getting older, that fires you up even more. Mm, I can't wait for my new body. You know what I mean? I'm going to be walking through walls and never have any pain or suffering. It's going to be awesome. And I think that's super encouraging as I get older too. Uh, But what is our body going to be? We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the bodily resurrection. Well, if you decay in the ground, which happens, right? We know that happens. How can you have a body from that? This is a great question. We're going to talk about that. It's, we're going to get into this, guys. We're going to talk about our bodily resurrection. And Jesus Christ is our model of that. Amen? Just as Jesus rose from the dead, so shall we, the Bible says. And then eternal judgment. Eternal judgment. I think these two words are interesting. Eternal judgment. Eternal. What does that mean? Forever. Judgment. Forever judgment. Forever judgment. What does that mean? Does that mean forever you're going to be suffering? Those that are not in Christ will be forever suffering in the fires of hell. Well, Jesus says, don't be afraid of one who can kill the body and the soul in Gehenna. Right? Gehenna was a place where it's a physical place outside of Jerusalem where they burnt trash and rubbish and they got rid of refuse it's kind of a sad thing to think about so well, what do you do when you burn something well it just it's destroyed right it's, it's eventually gone Gehenna is not going to be a place of eternal punishment where you're just going to be forever and ever and ever and ever and ever burning it's going to be a termination a second death the Bible says which I don't even like talking about, but it's, it is amazing and encouraging that even those that are not in Christ, 
they are going to just cease to exist. Not, our God is a merciful God even in that, amen? amen. And I know that's a really deep thing to say, but he's not going to, because we, I don't know, I see all these different, you know, movies out there, right? And the, the devil's down there and he's like, ha, 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 now it's my turn, ha, ha. That's not what the Bible says is going to happen. And we all laugh at these things, but we have these visions, right? We have these visions. And then people have visions, right? People have visions of what's going to happen on the last day. You have dreams about it. What are those dreams? Well, every dream must be resourced and checked with the Holy Scriptures. Amen? And, and what's wrong? Your, what's, what, is your dream wrong or the Bible wrong? Your dream's wrong. If the Bible contradicts it, we know that where do we get our dreams from? Our dreams come from our beliefs and, and, and our psyche, amen? And sometimes God, amen? I believe that, sometimes God. But our dreams also come from us. So if we have this pre, pre-notion in our subconscious, not to get too deep, but we're already going there, so whatever, you're going to be having that vision, you know? Uh, all the, you know, there's books out there, there's movies about how I saw the light and this whole thing and... And, and, and that shouldn't take away from the fact that the, what the Bible says. You know, I don't take every dream of mine, every vision of mine as serious. If I did, I would be really insane, right? You ever wake up and go, I'm going to jail. What am I going to do? I have to confess. And then you're like, oh, it was just a dream. <laughs> you're like, yes, thank you, God. I'm thanking God that this is a dream, right? I had a dream I lost my laptop. And this is really sad to say out loud. I started freaking out. I woke up. And I was like, oh, my laptop's right on my desk. Oh, praise God. Amen. (laughs) And I thought, what is wrong with you, Glenn? Is it that important? I guess it is. Yes, it is important. Oh, man. But we have to realize this. I know I did a... uh, This is an introduction to the subject. I wanted to get into it. But we're talking about the resurrection. uh, the, The dead. We're talking about Hades. We're talking about... Uh, the bodily resurrection, we're talking about uh, heaven, but today we're talking about Judgment Day. Amen. First Thessalonians 4. Let's start there, guys. Amen. We doing all right? Amen. Yeah. I hope this study will really be enriching to you as it's been to me. Chapter 4, verse 13. Brothers and sisters, We do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's words, we tell you that we who are still alive who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left with, with, uh, were left will be caught up together with them in the clouds and meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Is this like a Marvel comic superhero thing? What? I remember reading this for the first time, reading from the New Testament. I just stopped and was like, let me read that again. Then I was like, let me read that again. 
Then I was like, let me read that again. Are you serious? What? You know, what's happening here? Well, well, the second coming of Jesus is coming. The second coming of Christ. That is when judgment day happens. Judgment day hasn't happened. When you die, you, you will not be judged right away. It only happens when the, when the resurrection of the dead happens. And we're going to look at another scripture where both those that have done evil and those that have done good will rise. Amen? And, and be judged at the same time. Judgment day. Judgment day. We'll also learn that judgment day is not going to be an investigation thing. It's going to be a declaration. That's something we'll talk about. Amen? But what is this basically saying? The early church thought that the resurrection already happened and they missed it. That would be kind of scary, right? And people were teaching that. What? What? I, I've been coming to all the church services. What are you talking about? I missed the resurrection? They're like, sorry, man. I think you missed it. <laughs> what? I didn't get an email about that. What are you talking about? I hate this communication in this church. You know, I mean, they started feeling really stressed out about that. And, and, and he's saying, no, no, you're going to know. Don't worry. You're going to know. When judgment day comes, no one's going to miss judgment day. Yeah. Everyone's going to know it. You're going to, when Jesus comes back, when he appears, amen? It's funny. He, was, he says in John 14, I will come back to take you with me. A lot of us go, oh, he just floated up into heaven. No, he didn't. No one's going to float up in heaven until Jesus descends down from heaven. Amen? So much to talk about here, but we're going to move on. I know that's really sad to say because there's so much in this passage. Well, let's keep moving. Amen? I got a, I got a picture for you guys. This is a diagram. This is a pretty intense diagram. Amen? But let's talk about it. We have some, some and this will become available to you um, this, these are words, saved, the lost, death, the, um, the wide gate, the narrow gate, paradise, torrent, torments, resurrection, um, the judgment day, heaven, hell, the great gulf. Wow. What in the world? There's a lot of stuff here. But this is basically what happens when you die. Okay. So this is the world. Amen. <laughs> this is where you are, right here. Okay? This is where you are. Love this red pointer. So, and amen, hopefully this is where you are. And if you're, if you're here, let's get up here. Let's definitely get up here. As quick as possible, let's get up there. I mean, seriously. I'm not just saying that. It's kind of funny, but it's not. You've got to get up there. And it's interesting how the wide gate, Jesus says in, in, in Matthew 7, 13 and 14, many enter through it. That's just stinky. That stinks. That stinks. But that's what Jesus said. That's, that's just where mankind is at. We follow the majority. Here's a question. So have you ever felt alone sometimes? Have you ever felt like singled out? Like, man, I'm the weird one in my workplace. I'm the one that you, that's because you're on the narrow road. That's because you're countercultural. Remember that that's what you need to be. That's a good thing. You're getting persecuted, good. You're on the narrow road, good. You feel lonely, 
Let's talk to some brothers and sisters and not stay lonely. But that's a good thing too, church. You're making decisions that other people aren't making. Amen. You could be dating that girl, but you're not because you want to be on the narrow road and obey Jesus. You're dating. You could date that guy, but you're, you're on the narrow road. You're not going to, to, to yoke yourselves with unbelievers. Amen. Good. That is the narrow road. The narrow road is the way we're meant to live. It's the way to have the life to the full. Amen? So let's just talk about this. The saved are those who obey the gospel. Now the Bible says good and bad. Good and evil, right? And, and I, I don't usually give uh, offense at the Bible. I don't usually say, I think you should change that. But I wish it would change this for our our, our generation right now. Meaning this. We think we get to heaven if we're good people. And we think we get to heaven if we don't get to heaven if we're bad people. And that confuses this world right now. Now that's how Jesus said it. That's how Daniel said it. That's how most of the Bible says it. And the only reason I'm good is because of the blood of Jesus. Let's go to a passage in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. Right over to the next book actually, which is cool. Didn't plan it that way. But it says this in verse 5. All this, in chapter 1, is evidence that God's judgment is right. And as a result, you'll be counted worthy of the kingdom of God from which you are suffering. God is just. He will pay back trouble for trouble and give relief to those who have troubled you. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels. He will punish those who do not know God and who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. What are the ways that we get on the narrow road? It's not by being a good person. It's by knowing Jesus Christ. To know him means to imitate him. To live like he lived. To walk like he walked. To strive to walk like he walked. Amen. Who can say they're always walking like Jesus. Not me. But also to obey the gospel. What does the gospel say? The gospel says that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. And he resurrected on the third day. Amen. He conquered death. And you can conquer death too. If you believe in him as the son of God, you repent of all your sins, meaning you change your mind. Your standard now is Jesus. You're not perfect, but you're changing your life. You're throwing out things. You're adding things into your life. You're making new priorities. The kingdom's your priority now. Just like Anna was talking about, you prioritize the kingdom and and the king first because of faith in Jesus Christ, not because of works. And then you're baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And you receive the forgiveness of sins. And the Holy Spirit, which is God's amazing deposit, guaranteeing our inheritance. Mm -hmm. You want that Holy Spirit. It's the guarantee, you know what I'm saying? Guarantee. Yeah. Not a 30-day back money back guarantee. Uh, Eternal guarantee. Amen? Amen? And then I need to continue to obey Jesus' teachings and get help and help others and make disciples. Amen? And, I, and, and, and through that, which is going to be imperfect because we all are, but through the, 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 the amazing grace of Jesus Christ, I can stay on the narrow road. I can be saved. That's the, that's the way people become disciples. If you haven't done that yet, do it. Do it as quick as you can. Give up everything you can for this because this is the most important thing to do. When you're calling people, when we're studying the Bible, people, 
Maybe we should show them this diagram. Maybe this would change people's minds. Oh, maybe I'm not going to be so slow coming to Christ. Because I need to fear God. Well, we shouldn't make people fear hell. And that's not the right motivation. It's the beginning of wisdom, church. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I don't follow Jesus because I want, don't want to go to hell. I follow Jesus because I love him. But at first, what got my attention was those, those fiery places. That got my attention, and I took it serious. And, and you did too, if you think about it. The beginning of wisdom. So, the narrow gate. What happened, man? I'll tell you what, that thief on the cross, he was like, whoop! <laughs> it's never too late, amen? What happened? He was like, he was like down here, you know what I mean? I was like, whoop, how did he get there, man? The grace of the Lord Jesus, amen? Even Jesus was fruitful on the cross, church. What? What's my excuse for not sharing my faith? Are you kidding me? He's on the cross. Uh, he's saving all of mankind. You think that he'd feel pretty good about himself right there. But he's like, there's one more I need to get. That thief. He, I know he can't get baptized because he's pinned to a wooden stake. I need to get him with me. So boom, narrow gate. You go in there, you're in paradise. This is an intermediate place. Of, and we're going to look at Luke 16 next. Let's go to Luke 16. Where you have comfort. You all, and we're going to, we're going to get into the, this in, in a little bit, the next study. But your f- friends and family that have died will be waiting for you. That's what the early Christians believed. That, they, that you'll be conscious. Amen? That's encouraging. You won't just be sleeping. I don't want to miss paradise. No one sleeps through a vacation, right? I don't want to miss that. Jesus didn't say, today, you'll be with me in paradise, but you're going to be knocked out, so you won't even know I'm there. No, he said, today, you'll be with me in paradise. Guess what? Rich man Lazarus, Abraham was conscious. The rich man, unfortunately, wanted help. He wanted, we're going to read this, he wanted a, a... a little bit of water just to be touched onto the rich man's tongue. Have you ever asked for that? Uh, I'm so thirsty. Just Could you put a little bit of your water? Just, That's so sad, isn't it? But obviously the rich man knew that he was conscious and he could do that if he could get through the great chasm. Right? So there was consciousness. I believe there was consciousness. I believe that the early Christians believed there was consciousness. You will be conscious. And Katie Mullen Cripps is conscious Amen. right now. And she's dancing. No more wheelchair. No more pain. No more treatments. No more draining fluid from her body. And we all know her. You know, most of us know her. She is uh, very much comforted. Amen. Amen. That's the place we go, paradise. Then, when Jesus comes back, and that's what we're talking about today, judgment day happens, and we are rewarded and go into the new heaven and new earth. Rightfully so, the lost, who do not obey the gospel, not that they're, the only difference between these two people is I've obeyed the gospel, and, and, and I know Jesus. That's the only difference. You go, what's up with that? Well, that's how, it's, it's a pretty ambitious thing to get here. 
You can't get there alone. You need Jesus. Amen. You go here. This is where the Bible says in Luke 12, those that no more will be beaten with more blows. We're going to look at that passage next week. But essentially, this is where you do pay for your sins. Okay? Hear me out. This is where the fire is upon you. And, and it's not a great place. And then when Judgment Day, Jesus basically proclaims what you already know. It's not going to be a surprise. You know? I think about those people that said, Did we not prophesy in your name? In your name drive out demons? And he said, I never knew you. Away from you, you evildoer. I don't know when that happened. I don't know if that's a real event. But that's crazy. That, that essentially maybe these people went through this torrent and they were talking to Jesus at the end here and saying, please, please, why did this happen to us? Right? But then they're condemned to the second death. Right? The Bible says, you can write down Matthew 10, 28. And sorry about that. Revelation 20, 14 through 15. Okay? Revelation 20, 14 through 15 talks about the second death. The second death. Okay, we know what the first death is, right? First death is we die. We cease to exist on this earth, right? So what's the second death, church? That's the, that's, that's the judgment day. That's, that's, the Bible says terminal punishment. You know, this is terminal punishment. This is the way we say it. It's interesting how death row is like that too. Interesting. Not to get that our penal system is interesting. I was thinking about this the other day. There's a time of appeal <laughs> and there's a time of, of unfortunate, you know, these people are waiting death. They've been sentenced to death. They're waiting death. And sometimes it's years until they actually physically die. Right. Not to get too dark. But I, why do they do that? Well, there's an appeal process. I think our justice system does that because we want to make sure, obviously, that we got it right. Not that I have any... I don't want to talk about that right now, what I believe about that, but capital punishment happens like that. And this is the same process. Essentially, that there's a time where you're... Not appeal process. There's no appeal process. But essentially, there's a time before um, termination. Get it? You condemn, you depart. Depart and come. These are the two words that are used. De depart and come. Interesting. Depart and come. All right. You understand that, guys? This is what we're going to be talking about for the next four weeks, but I wanted to give you this diagram. Misconceptions. No one is in heaven right now except Jesus and the angels. What about Enoch? Well, it doesn't say he went to heaven. What about Elijah? It doesn't say he went to heaven. There's people in the Bible that didn't experience death, but they were taken. Where were they taken? Well, Jesus says, I mean, Paul says, I was taken up to the third heaven. What's the third heaven? That's cosmology, okay? The study of the universe and the cosmos, right? That's a deep thing to talk about, right? But essentially, there are, there's not just the universe and, and then the sky and, and the earth, right? Where's Hades? Well, I don't, uh, I don't know, Amen. But the Bible says that there are two places in heaven, I mean, two places in Hades, the, the place of torment and the place of paradise. Where is that place? Some believe it's in the lower regions of the earth. Early Christians taught that. 
Some think it's in a total different dimension of time and space. I don't know. We'll find out. Amen? We'll find out. Everyone that's saved is in paradise waiting the return of Jesus in the last day. The minute you die, um, you and your destination is, is determined. Hades has two places in it. Paradise and, and torment. Hell is the second death. Okay, These are some, some, some misconceptions. Um, we're going to go through these rather quickly, actually. Hebrews 9. I said Luke 16. We'll go back there. I'm sorry about that. See how I'm humble, humbled by this study? Hebrews 9. You have one chance in life. You have one chance in life. Some people that believe in Jesus believe that there is a purgatory. Amen? A purgatory. You guys, you guys know what that is? You guys know what that is? That's essentially a place where those that weren't good enough or didn't follow Jesus close enough, right? Not the really bad people, but like the average Christians, right? Which is kind of disturbing because I'd probably definitely go to purgatory, amen? <laughs> Just know me. I, Danielle and I, you know, she knows. She'd probably go to heaven. I'd go to purgatory, you know, if this, these things were true. But, but essentially, you know, um, purgatory is a place where, where you, you kind of pay for the cardinal sins in your life and then you get booted up upstairs you know you, you, you're, you're on to graduation you, you kind of went through a spiritual boot camp of like really hard boot camp amen that's what purgatory is and it was, it, it was really taught in the 12th century it started being taught in the 12th century in a big way and that you actually that's purgatory and indulgences was a huge reason why Martin Luther put 95 theses against the, the Catholic Church. He said, this is wrong. They had a saying, every time the coin tings, meaning you gave to the church, a soul from purgatory springs. <laughs> Lord, help us, right? I mean, Lord, help us that you could pay for someone to get out of purgatory. Like, you know, like a power up. You know what I mean? Like, you know, uh, my, my son's always asking me for coins. They get coins that can power up. You know what I mean? And these, these coins are terrible because they're not real coins. They're, they're electronic coins. And they just get so many people with that. But that's not what the Bible teaches. And this is why. Hebrews 9 verse 27 says, Just as people are destined to die once and after that to face judgment. So Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many. He will bring a second time not to bear sin but to bring salvation. To those who are waiting for him. Amen? Amen. So, you, I mean, I, I don't think I need to explain this. It says it right there. Sometimes I explain things too much. That's what it says. Right? That's what it says. We're going to go through a bunch of scriptures here. So, just as Jesus died once, we never would think, oh, Jesus, you didn't do that right. Could you do that again, that death thing, that, that crucifixion thing? No, we don't need to do that again. It already happened. Just as you die, you face judgment. Well, Judgment is after the torment. Amen? So you face judgment. It's not like, oh, I get a second chance. The Bible doesn't use the word purgatory. There's nothing in the Bible that speaks of purgatory. Um, there's some scriptures that people use when Jesus came down to the spirits in the prison long ago. And again, Peter in, in chapter 4. I love Peter. He's like, Paul's words are very hard to understand. And you're like, Peter... Remember what you wrote in chapter 3 and chapter 4? What are you talking about? No one can understand what you just said there. You know, completely. And you know, you'll see what I'm saying later. 
The Bible says, in the presence of God and of Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead. The living and the dead. He will judge the living and the dead. This is the evangelist passage. And the view is of his appearing in his kingdom. I give you the charge. Preach the word, right? God will judge the living and the dead together. Amen? The Bible says that, that, that we don't need to suffer and pay for our sins. You know, man always is trying to work their way to heaven. They're always trying to be good enough. They're always trying, because we live in this, 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 this world that says we need to be the great ones. We need to be, we need to earn it. Bible says, no, that's not what happens. You're justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. This is good news. That purgatory is not true is good news. And that's exactly what Martin Luther was trying to do. He's saying, no. Do you guys read Romans? And people were like, no, we didn't read Romans. (laughs) Why? Because I don't know Latin, man. I didn't take that class. And then Martin Luther was like, oh, yeah. You sprechen the Deutsch. I sprechen the Deutsch. And I also sprechen the Latin. <laughs> so I'm going to translate this thing for you so you guys can all understand. And that's what happened. He ran, he was, his life was basically a life on the run. You know, we're down on Martin Luther. The guy was a hero. He translated the Bible so that the normal people could read it. And then they realized, wait a second. There's no purgatory. What? I gave like all these coins, you know what I mean? And what are you talking about? You know, and obviously that's when the revolt happened. Amen? Not to make light of it. The redemption that came by Jesus Christ. God presented Christ as a sacrifice atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. Amen? Bible says, once more Jesus said to them, I'm going away and you will look for me and you will die in your sin. What an interesting thing that Jesus said. You will die in your sin. If you die in your sin, that means you're lost. If you're forgiven and you die, you don't die in your sin. And guess who he's talking to, church? This is the most really difficult thing to think about. The religious leaders. The highest religious leaders weren't forgiven of their sins. That's super sobering, right? But if you die in your sin... You, you, you go to torment. Amen? If you don't die in your sin, you die a forgiven believer in Christ, you then go to paradise. Amen? How do you do this? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This is not the only scripture that talks about it, but you know it's a good one. Acts 2.38. You always go to Acts 2.38, Glenn. Yes, I am always going to Acts 2.38. Guess what? It's a great passage. I love me some Acts 2.38 because in it, it just tells you exactly what to do in one sentence, right? Or two. Two sentences. <laughs> Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you have the forgiveness of sins, you have. You're not dying in your sins, amen? There is no purgatory. You have one chance, Amen. Christians, what are we to do after we've been baptized and, and repented? Therefore, my dear friends, as you always obeyed, I love how he's very confident in that. He's being optimistic. Not only in my presence, but how much more in my absence. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Now, we're saved by the blood of Jesus, amen? We're saved by his amazing blood. But it's not, we can't be lazy after we get baptized. 
We can't be lazy in our faith. We have to continue to work it out. You know? What do they say? If you don't use it, you lose it. Well, can people lose their salvation? Well, the Bible does say you can. The Bible does speak about that. And that's a whole other study in itself. But Hebrews, just read the book of Hebrews, you'll see. You can drift away. You can fall away. You can. But it's very difficult too, guys. I just want to say that. It's encouraging that it's difficult. Amen. Because Jesus has you. Amen? He's not going to let you get snatched out of his hands. But if you say, I don't want to be here anymore, he'll open his hand up. So what does that mean? Well, our hearts need to stay clean. We need to confess our sins. We need to continue to repent. We need to keep our conscience clear. We don't preach this much. Is your conscience clear? Are there sins that you haven't talked about? This is working your salvation out. I need to go confess. I need to go get some help. I can't just hold on to sin. Becoming more and more like Jesus. Serving, preaching, growing your faith. Honestly, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3-10. through 10. About growing in your faith, growing in these things. We need to keep working out. Amen? Keep working out. What they say is you get older, you've got to keep working out. And what they also say is you've got to build muscle. You ever heard that before? As an older person, you have to build muscle. It's better to build muscle because you, you lose that muscle. Amen? So the older and older you get, you've got to work out spiritually in the same way that they say physically. Amen? Amen. Daniel says those who are wise will shine like the brightness of heavens, and those who lead many to righteous, like the stars forever and ever. Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. So if you sleep in the dust, that's an interesting thing to say. You sleep in the dust. This is Old Testament. Their understanding of paradise was uh, not yet revealed totally, although there was a lot there in Sheol and and Hades are the same word in the Greek Septuagint. Um, the Septuagint is the Greek translation of the Hebrew Bible that they, most Christians read out of when we read the, the New Testament. Some in everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. So we know there's only one chance. There's only one way. Are you ready? You know, these are some scriptures you can look at. Amos 4.12 says, prepare to meet your God. We got to be prepared every day, church, to meet our God. That's kind of intense to think about. Am I ready to meet him today? Well, I got to pray about that. (laughs) Yes, I do think I'm ready to meet him. But but I I don't want to be ready looking down. I want to be ready looking up and and excited to meet him. Amen? Amen. Um, Keep watch. He's like a thief in the night. No one's going to be able to predict. When people say, oh, I know when Jesus is coming back, you say, baloney, you do. Just shout it out, baloney, you do. Because not even the sun knows, amen? Luke 12, verse 20. This very night, your life will be demanded. Jesus might not come back, but your life might end. That's what the rich man was. It's a sad thing, right? He's got all his barns. He's got all his hay. They're moving it in there. He's like, finally, I get to retire. And boom, he dies that night. That very night. Because he wasn't rich towards God. It ultimately comes down to you've got to continue to do the will of the Father. Right? Not be religious, but do the will of the Father. Judgment comes when Jesus comes back. Uh, John 14 speaks about this. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. 
If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. You know the way of the place where I'm going. I love this. Thomas is like, no, we don't. We don't know the place where we're going. Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Good. I mean, that's a good thing to think about. I'll meet you at the party. Where's the party? Oh, you know where it is. No, I don't. You know, he wanted to make sure he was with Jesus. Amen? He says, I'm the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Isn't it great we don't have to find this place, heaven, with a GPS? Isn't it great we don't have to get there ourselves? How do we get there? Guess who our GPS is? Jesus. Jesus will just take us there. Isn't it awesome? That's the best Uber experience ever. That's 10 stars, man. That's more than five stars. That's 10 stars. I'm giving 10 stars to Jesus, right? He's going to take me there, right? And what an Uber it will be. You know, the angel will take us there. But he says, I'm going to come back to take you to be where I am. Amen? Amen. Let's go to 2 Peter chapter 3. How are we doing, church? Amen. We're going through this. So, what's the judgment day going to be like? Wow. I think a lot of times we get scared, but really it's an encouraging thing for us. It's, it's, it's creation is going to clap its hands. Yes, finally. Adam cursed us, man. He cursed us, this Adam. Now we can finally live like we were supposed to live. You know, what, is, what does God say to Adam? Cursed is the ground because of you. I made a big mistake. The whole world is cursed. Oh, I mean, imagine their conversations outside the garden. Why did you tell me to eat the fruit? What the heck? Eve! Well, the snake was there. What do you mean? Ah, you know, they must have been so frustrated. Now I gotta go out and just dig this dirt. It's cursed. Why am I even doing it? Just digging in the dirt. It's cursed. What a tough situation that was. But someday, God's going to make it right. God's going to make it right. He's going to make the whole world right. He's going to start anew. Unfortunately, fire is the only way to do it. You ever just watch some of the space um, shows? Pretty cool, right? Nova, all these cool things. And they have these special, sometimes these episodes, The End of the World. And you're like, yo. And scientists don't even believe in God. They're like, yes, the world will be destroyed by fire. Why? Well, there's several ways this could happen. And they're super, like, chill about it. They're super chill about it. Well, how does that happen? Well, let me tell you. Then they show you the diagrams. The sun could just burp, essentially. And boom, the earth is destroyed. Well, cover your mouth, son. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? The the, the sun could just burp and it could be destroyed. A a huge asteroid could just come and smash into it. And NASA's watching this still now. And there's been several times, praise God, we don't know about that. CNN doesn't, you know, talk about it. There's an asteroid coming at us right now. 
If it moves to the left five inches, we will all be destroyed. You know, no one does that. You know, asteroid, you know. Let's talk about Trump. Let's not talk about the asteroid, right? But the asteroid's coming, and asteroids come a lot at us. Come at a lot at us, and they, they, they miss us. Praise God. Amen? Asteroid hits us, right? That messes up our atmosphere. Our atmosphere is messed up. The sun then can essentially, there's not sunblock on the earth anymore. Amen? And we are going to get burned. I am keeping it real layman's term for us right now, right? Because I, I don't remember all the technical things. Uh, I think it's a photo burst or something like that. A pho- photomic burst or something. Oh, great. The, the sun's going to burn, okay? <laughs> then other suns that aren't even in our galaxy, guys, they can burn too. <laughs> Destroy us with a direct hit in our atmosphere, and then our ozone layer is destroyed, and we're on fire again. Not to mention how our, our, we're destroying the environment. All this can cause fire on the earth. And there's so many other ways. And, 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 and I believe God's in control of these things. And I believe these are just warning signs of the coming of the judgment day. The Bible says that Jesus is going to come down with blazing fire. What? So when that burp happens, Jesus is going to be in that with the angels. Whoa. Peter, who is a fisherman. I just want to say this one more time. He's a fisherman. Let's see what he says in 2 Peter chapter 3. Verse 3. Above all, when, when the Bible says above all, just take everything Move it down the list of priorities. Put this up at the top, right? Above all, you must understand that the last days, scoffers will come. Amen. We, we, we are understanding of that, Peter. Scoffing, following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming, he promised. Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it, since the beginning of creation. But they deliberately forget that the long ago by God's word in the heavens came into being and the earth was formed out of water and by water. By these waters also, the world of the time was deluged and destroyed. By the same present, but the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and the destruction of the ungodly. Do not forget one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. A roar. What is that going to be like? There's going to be some serious sound happening. You know, a roar. It's not going to just be a visual thing. It's going to be an audio thing. The elements will be destroyed by fire. The elements. Now, if things are, you got like metal, you got like some serious, you know, on the periodic table, those things, it takes the most amount of heat to heat those up. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare or burned up. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? It's a good question, Peter. 
You ought to be, live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and the speed of its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with this promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. We're going to go back to that the last week. Amen. Amen. A new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found blameless, spotless, and at peace with him. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation, just as our dear brother Paul, Paul also wrote to you with the wisdom that gave him. He writes the same way in all his letters, speaking these matters. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand, which ignorant and unstable people distort as they do the other scriptures to their own destruction. A fisherman wrote this. I just want to say that again. And now scientists are telling us that it's going to happen. And people have known this for ages. This is not just scientists. Galileo knew this. People back in the Egyptian times talked about this. This is not something new. This is not something new. Amen? Amen. When Jesus comes back, he's starting anew. And the only way he can start anew is by purifying everything with fire. Jesus said everyone will be salted by fire. Interesting. You know, when Jesus comes back, this is the only way that righteousness can dwell. And we can be scared about Judgment Day, right? But it's the only way righteousness can dwell. It's the only way a new heaven can happen and a new earth. He has to start again. That's our God. He, he doesn't just do things half-heartedly. Amen? Amen? He does things full-heartedly. He's preparing a place for us. I believe heaven is prepared, is getting prepared. And I just think about the fact that I want to say Marantha all the time, but I also think about there's someone like me around the corner that is just needing salvation. You know, if I was 18 and, and, and someone said, come, Lord Jesus, I go, and I'm studying the Bible, I'd say, no, not yet, Lord. Don't come yet. I need to get this figured out. Now I say Marantha and someone else is saying, no, 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 not yet, Lord. Just wait a couple more days and I'll figure this thing out. I don't know how he's going to make that decision. I, I'm so glad I don't have to make that decision. When do I come back? In many ways, God already made the decision. You know, and, and, and the decision has to be made. He loves us too much for the, that judgment day not to happen. Because too many people, both in the heaven and in earth, and in Hades, are waiting. The angels are waiting. We're waiting. Amen? Amen. Um, Last but not least, Judgment Day is declarative, not investigative. We're not going to look at Luke 16 for the sake of time, but write it. why don't you read it on your own? Luke 16, verse 19 through 31. We're not ready for that passage yet. But um, this is about the rich man and Lazarus. But what you see in this passage is essentially that the rich man, he didn't go to, it wasn't hell where he went. The Bible would have said he went to hell. He went to a place of torment. Right? And Lazarus went to a place, Abraham's bosom, they call it, paradise, where he was comforted, the Bible says. We won't be, God won't be examining the records of our lives to determine something like a courtroom scene where it's like, okay, let's the two parties stand up, you know, O.J. Simpson trial here. No, it's not going to be like that. God already knows everything that we do, and it will be decided beforehand. The sentence will be carried out. On Judgment Day. 
At this point, the righteous will be escorted into the glory of heaven while the wicked will be cast into the lake of fire. Those who love God will be saved forever. Those who have rejected him will be destroyed. Moreover, the notion that the lost have a second chance after death contradicts Hebrews 9, verse 27, which also rules out reincarnation. Reincarnation, right? right? Remember someone from Harvard, we just baptized him. His name was Jeff Hall. He was awesome. He was like, bro, and he's, he's from the South. I don't believe in that, no, that reincarnation stuff. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to stay with this conversation. Why? Well, it's mathematically impossible. Okay. Um, it's a spiritual thing, and a Hindu would say it's a spiritual thing. Tell me more. Well, I thought about it for a second, and his population's increasing, right? That's how he talks. I'm like, yeah. He's like, but we keep getting evil, right? That's all I have to say about that. Mathematically impossible. And I'm like, can you back up? Tell me that again. What are you doing? And he's like, really? Okay, let me explain to you. The population's increasing. Reincarnation says that we just continue to, if we are bad, we become a cricket, right? Well, it says it like that, but, you know, essentially you go down, right? And you, you want to go up, right? You want to go up in the scale of the caste, right, system. And so if you, if you are a good person, maybe you'll become a lawyer, right, status, right? And if you're a good lawyer, then maybe you'll become, like, a, 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 someone who's a highly spiritual man. And then from there, you become part of the universe, right? That's what he says, right? I'm like, yeah, that's what it says. Well, if we keep getting more evil, why is the population increasing? I never heard that explanation before. I was like, you know what? That's true. And, 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 and yet, but, but everything's getting extinct. And I was like, I mean, I don't know if that will hold up in the spiritual theology sessions, but Jeff, amen. <laughs> but I know this because Hebrews 9 verse 27, amen? Yeah. It all decides at death. Let's go to John 5. We'll end there, guys. John 5. I hope this has been helpful. I know this is kind of teaching and preaching. Um, This is one of the most important studies we'll ever do. Because I believe tomorrow at work, you'll be thinking about this. We need to be thinking about Judgment Day often. And we need a whole different mindset about Judgment Day. A lot of times we're like, Judgment Day! If we're Christians and you're scared of Judgment Day, I, I get it. It sounds pretty scary. The elements will be destroyed. I understand that. But trust your God. What did, your, what did Jesus say? Trust in God. Trust also in me. You're going to be fine. You're going to be totally fine. Trust God. Trust also in me. I'm coming back to take you to be with me. And it might look like I'm coming back in a blazing fire, but that is my love. That's how much I love you. My love burns. I'm coming back. Right? What's he say in John 5? Judgment day happens. Jesus comes back, and they will all hear his voice, the Bible says. It won't be, Lazarus, come out. It will be, arise. I don't know what he's going to say. But that's going to be intense. You know, Halloween just happened, you know, thriller. That, that, that's going to not be what it's like. I mean, it's going to be crazy. When Jesus died, the Bible says that many holy people from the tomb rose from the dead and visited the people. 
Hey, God, what's, what's going on? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? You were just dead. I went to your memorial. What are you talking about? He's like, I, I was, I know. Where's Jesus at? You know, I want to go hear him preach. Well, Jesus is dead. What? No, he's not. I bet you the tomb guy said that. No, he's not. Because if I rose from the dead, I think he rose. You know? It's a crazy time. Arise, the Bible says. He says, he says you'll hear his voice. John chapter 5, in verse 28. Actually, let's go verse 24. Very truly, I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. Amen. Well, what about those that didn't be, aren't saved? They didn't cross over from death to life. Don't you live forever? Isn't the soul forever? It doesn't say that the soul's forever. Someone once preached this. There are three things eternal. You've heard this. It's a great sermon, too. God, his word, and the souls of mankind. It's wrong. It's not true. I should have said something. I was like, yeah, bro, preach it. I didn't know. No, the souls of mankind, are they eternal? Not all souls are eternal. It's the gift of eternal life. It's not just given to you. It's a gift. You have to receive that gift, right? If you don't receive that gift, you don't have that gift. If I get you a PlayStation, you don't open it, you don't have a PlayStation. Right? Josh is like, PlayStation? No. I wanted to make sure he was paying attention. All right. John chapter 5, verse verse 25. Very truly, I tell you, a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God. And those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he also granted the Son also have life in himself. And he has given him authority to judge because he is the son of God, son of man. Do not be amazed at this. Sorry, Lord, I am. Do not be amazed at this. I don't think I'll ever not be amazed at this. For a time is coming when all who are in the graves will hear his voice. All who are in the grave. And come out. Those who have done what is good will rise to live and those who have done what is evil will rise to be condemned. By myself, I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just. For I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. You know what? Maybe he won't say arise. Maybe he'll breathe like he breathed into Adam's body. Maybe he'll just go. And everyone will raise new bodies, new bodily resurrection. I don't know what he's going to do. I might not even know what he's going to do. I just, I'll hear his voice though. I'll hear his voice. And I'll rise. And then, and then that's when judgment day will happen. You know, these are some deep things, guys. These are some deep things. Marantha, it was, it was something that the early Christians said. It was, it was actually a, a word in Aramaic that means come, Lord Jesus. Come. And what I love about it is that you know, by the time the church got to Revelation, Aramaic wasn't used much in the church because it was all Greek, right? Most of it was in Greek. The whole New Testament is written in Greek, right? It's not written in Aramaic. So the early, early apostles, the early disciples, 
Maybe it was when they ascended, when Jesus ascended to heaven, they started saying, come, Lord Jesus, come. And I'm grateful that Jesus didn't come back before 2000, amen? I'm super grateful that Jesus didn't come back because I wouldn't be here preaching if he came back, amen? You wouldn't be here either. You know, as, as we think about these things, I want us to just read these passages again throughout the week. And a sermon can do it for you, but, but, but you sitting in the stillness of God and thinking about what kinds of lives should we live in view of this? Isn't that a challenging question? That's what I want to end you with. What kinds of lives ought you to live with this in mind? With these next four weeks in mind, with these next three weeks in mind, what kinds of lives should you live? You know, someday the trumpet will call, and with it, Satan knows his time is short. He'll scream. The demons will shudder in fear of the coming judgment. The world and all those who do not fear or love God may scoff, but they will stop and they will bow their knee at Jesus Christ. When Jesus comes back, they will remember what happened in Noah's time, in Sodom's time. They'll remember that the Lord is not slow in keeping with his promise. In fact, he's never broken a promise. If he says he's going to come back, he absolutely is going to come back. I think he has a great track record of saying what he's going to do and then doing it. Creation will groan no more. The angels will long to be with the redeemed saints. You ever think about the angels? They're like, we're ready. Are, oh, is it today? Is it today today? You got to stop asking me that, Michael. Stop asking me that. Are we there yet? No, we're not there yet. Are we there yet? No, we're not there yet. My soul will grow no more. Your soul will grow no more. And just think about Jesus. How fired up he is in anticipation about setting this world right. I don't know how the Father will say it. Maybe he'll say exactly what he said in John 17 when Jesus prayed, Father, the time has come. Maybe that's exactly what will be said to the Son when he comes back to take us to be where he is. Judgment Day. Amen.